Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Matters, the podcast that promotes the breakdown of stigma, as well as talking about mental health, just making it okay to talk about. And that's one of the um, greatest things about that. Uh, this podcast is that we're able to just kind of have conversation and the goal of creating conversation around the dinner table where mental health topics come up and nobody is judged. And as always, we have enlightening and entertaining guests on, and today is no exception. Uh, we have, as you can hear, they're already ready to roll. So we have the Lovewell Foundation, which is Sarah Springer and Amanda Bolenbach. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good morning. Good. How are you? We are doing well here, too. So we are very excited to have you guys on today. And um, hopefully we'll have uh, uh, just some good conversation. So, you know, I looked at your Facebook page and, you know, the thing that stood out for me right away was two moms on a mission. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> when I read that, and I was like, I don't care what the mission is. That could be scary. Right. <laughs> so you don't. There's, there could be a lot of depth to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh yeah, you just don't mess with two moms on a mission. So yeah, um, right. I think that's that's a great way. But uh, definitely the yeah yeah definitely the mission though is uh, mental health awareness, community support, and um, with some focus uh, with postpartum depression as well as just helping people find a way and uh, to navigate some of that. But anyway, let's get started. Like how why first of all, how did you guys come together to form this foundation? So we can start from a year ago. Yeah. So I actually have um, I have a small t-shirt business I run out of my house, kind of on hold right now. But Sarah came to me and she had an idea for a t-shirt, which was it said hashtag stop hate. She was just a mission, you know, a message she wanted out there. So um, I decided to make it for her, and she was not the only one who wanted a, a shirt that said stop hate. From there, we decided to sell the t-shirts and give the proceeds back to some of our favorite charities. Um, Megan Meyer Foundation was one of them. Yep. Awesome. Um, and Pacers Bullying Prevention Center. Um, we did the Stop Hate shirts. Those, those proceeds went to the Pacers uh, Foundation. And then um, we did Kindness Matters shirts. Mm -hmm. After uh -huh. that, that went to Megan Meyer. Yes. Proceeds. So we were kind of pulling shirts in for the kids at this point. We just mm -hmm. had people were like, oh, that's a great message. We want to you know, buy some of these and we'll give back. And we just didn't want the fun to end, I guess. We just liked giving back. And, and uh -huh. um, from there, Sarah decided, like, maybe we should have our own nonprofit and focus on mental health. And uh, that's kind of where Love Will came from. Awesome. Something that, you know, 20 years in the making of me dealing with mental health issues and stuff. And it's mm -hmm. interesting now that I've, like, been talking about it more, which when you say, like, you should just, like, just be talking about, day, you know, dinner conversation kinds of stuff. Um, I have people coming to me who know me and they're just like, you're doing too much and they're worried about me and they think that now that I'm talking about it that it's like new, you mm -hmm, know, and I'm like, mm -hmm. the only thing that's changed over the last 20 years, seriously, is that I'm saying it out loud and I'm telling you about True. it. True. So I'm just trying to like, there's a kind of like, it's not, I don't want people to get the feeling like, you know, you have to like, it's not the feeling of revealing a deep, dark secret, you know, because that's kind of how it felt like. I'm really telling the world like my inner demons and that sort of thing and it shouldn't feel like a deep dark secret and it shouldn't feel like um you know people are going to judge us and and then that sort of thing you know that we're not competent to do our jobs or be moms or mm -hmm. we should just be able to say it's not a 
an exclusive club either. You know, it's not like only some people have this <laughs> yeah. and, you know, yeah. so it's just like, there's so many people, you know, and as I've been a mom and just over the years and stuff, people come like, we'd just be talking and be like, oh my God, me too. Me yeah. too, uh-huh. me too, me too. And there's so much of that, you know, that moms just feel like, not just moms, but people in general with anxiety, depression mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, there's like a wall there wall, yeah. and you just are like wow you're not alone there's just so many people so if you just talk about it more and just that's why we want to break down that stigma because it's just like mm-hmm. it's a it can be a big deal but it's like it's not a big enough deal that you have to harbor it on the inside, on the inside. Not anybody. because what happens then when we harbor it on the inside right it just mm-hmm. boils and boils and builds and yes. yeah and it always yeah. feels worse and then we're not our best part you know we're not that good parent or maybe slacking as an employee, as a spouse, you know, if you put those walls up. So the mm-hmm. more you talk about it, um, which isn't easy at all, but the more stories we share and mm-hmm. people come forward with their stories on our blog, it's like there's just this connection. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so being two moms on a mission, right? So uh, how, how many kids? You, we were talking beforehand. <laughs> and so between both of you, how many kids count. do you have? Yeah. yeah, you just started rattling off ages. Kept going, kept going. Yeah. We have eight between the two. Between the two of you, yes. wow, wow! Small band. So it's some good, uh, some good experience with being a mom and navigating. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, so Sarah's got all sorts of advice. It's like you know, been <laughs> yeah. there, done that. So uh-huh. I think that's why she makes like the best partner to be in the foundation with like this. So it's. So your ultimate uh, mission with the foundation is what? How would you describe it? Well, I would say our mission statement itself is that we want to provide free counseling for eligible individuals because for us, we felt like one of the ways people weren't getting help is the financial aspect yeah. of it. Oh, huge. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we both have experienced that with ourselves, um, even getting help for some of our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, those phone calls can be kind of heartbreaking when you hear how much it can cost to get the help that your kid needs um, and your or yourself. doesn't take it. So we, that part of our mission statement is we want to provide the free counseling. So that's where our fundraising comes in, such as like when we sold t-shirts and we still do that now, um, building a center of hope and compassion through community engagements and then educating to stand against the mental health stigma. So that is all part of our mission. Mm-hmm. So with the, the stigma, cause that's, you know, as an agency, St. Louis counseling, which I'm with, of course, uh, you know, that's, that's one of our goals, right? Because we know it's a problem. We know from the rural areas to urban areas, it's a problem. And it, no matter who you are culturally, still a problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've heard you guys say, like, we want to stand up and talk about it. What, you know, and like you said, originally, when, you know, people are saying like, wow, is this really going on now? And you're like, no, it's just, it's been going on forever. I'm just now getting more uh, boisterous about it and talking about Mm -hmm. it. What gave you the courage to just start talking about it? That is a really good question because I've been battling, um, every time I share a story about it, I'm just like, "Uh, it's still a struggle. So Uh I think really just in realizing, I mean, there's also women out there on social media who are, who really are, I would say paving the way, you know, that I see. Mm -hmm. doing things that they're sharing their stories and stuff and you just think, wow, that really made a difference to me. And if it's making an impact to me, imagine what my story can do for somebody else. So it's not really like all of a sudden I got the courage and now I'm cool and go yeah. share everything, you know? <laughs> like it's just more uh-huh. like, okay, this is why I'm doing this is to let people know that, you know, cause there is, I guess, a certain perception when you are a working mom and 
you know, you have a marriage and all of a sudden people think you, well, you must have it all together, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then you start a foundation and they're just like, God, you do everything, you know? Yeah, you're perfect. But it's, you're perfect, (laughs) you know? And it's like far from it. And the reason why we're doing this is to let people know they're not alone in their things. And, you know, people are like, you do too much and stuff. You know, you Mm -hmm. just think if I don't do it that much, my anxiety gets bad. You know, so it's kind of a way for mm-hmm. a coping mechanism it's a coping for me mechanism. too. Yep. I think mm-hmm. we're both yep. the same on that. We like to stay busy. Weirdly, there we kind of thrive on chaos sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, we have learned to say no a lot. We were talking about that on the way here. The power in the word no. Yes. Boundaries. Sure. Boundaries. Mm-hmm. Boundaries. Yes. So that's not. I guess it's like an ongoing process to be open about it. It's not really. Mm-hmm. Just, so we just decided though that I think it was important enough for us that since we struggle with it, that it's, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> so with, with stigma in general, right? Um, when you guys are talking about being a mom, the pressure of being a mom, because I'm not a mom, right? But I, uh, I, I, I know things uh, and I've heard things, but there's this constant pressure of one controlling the household, right? Being in charge of that. There's a lot of expectations for that. Um, working, um, making all the right decision, decisions, giving the right advice. Um, how do you guys control, how do you navigate that? Um, now that we have two moms in the room and they're just willing to just say, <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of that, right? I'm tired of having to do all that. But I mean, how do you do that? Oh you know? my gosh, my husband would be like, lose your expectations well. yeah. first of all. <laughs> Uh-huh. Always have some sort of plan B. And I think yeah. just being a parent for, I mean, I don't quite have a teenager yet. I have an almost 12-year-old, so I feel like I've got some years under me. <laughs> and just, like, knowing when to ask for help, first of all. Mm-hmm. Knowing you are not alone. Having a good group of friends. You know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we talk about our love-hate relationship with social media. It can be helpful. It yes. really can if you find the right group, like uh, like a Facebook support group. So those are big with moms. For me, it helps picking up the phone and calling a friend, honestly. Um, if I need some sort of direction or help, just getting the words out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think structure. Like, we, you know how they always say with kids, like, get them, feed them at a certain time, put them down for a nap. Like, they thrive on that structure to know what to expect. And uh, I've been realizing that I'm the same way. I still need like a structure like, okay, I have to wake up in the morning and I have to do this, this, and this, get my kids ready, get myself ready, have breakfast, you know? And it's just like, if I veer off of Uh my schedule, I'm just kind of like, you know, you just get lost, you know what to Uh do. So I think having some structure is important too and trying to manage everything and just like having that support from family, friends, husband. Mm -hmm. I think, and as a working mom, because you know, you have, a spouse who's also working for mm-hmm. a lot of us and then they're just they're so tired because they've been working all day and then you're so tired you've been working and then just being careful not to get into this competition of who's more tired yeah you know? yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so it's like we both just need to contribute to these children and yeah stuff. yeah so yeah i think a lot of times and then we look at uh societal societal stereotypes it's you go back years and years of course but then it's like yeah but you may work but you're still supposed to control the household and Mm -hmm. make all those decisions so you know i think you know i think males may be uh 
getting better over time, right, with that. But there's still, that's still very prevalent, I think, that still like, yeah, I know you work, but you're also supposed to take care of the kids. And I actually saw um, a, a post, or I don't know if it was a meme or what you call it, but a quote that said um, that we expect moms to work like they don't have kids, mm -hmm. and we expect them to be parents like they don't work. Yeah. And it's yeah. so true. It's yeah. like to try to balance work and being a mom is really, really a challenge. I think, you know, like she was talking about setting boundaries and saying no. So I mean, I just was like, I can't work five days a week. I mm -hmm. can't manage everything. So mm -hmm. cutting back to four days a week and just like, you know, finding what works for your family and for yourself mentally and physically and financially. Conversation. You know, conversation. Yeah. Good, healthy yeah. conversation to figure those things out. So, you know, one, being a mom is difficult, right? Um, but two, pregnancy and then after pregnancy, and we see more and more, I mean, with postpartum depression, I think there's more and more people acknowledging it. This morning on the news, I couldn't get to my phone quick enough. I just switched to uh, streaming TV, right? So I can't rewind on it, <laughs> all right? So it's really been an adjustment. So I had the CBS News on, and they showed this stat about postpartum depression and, um, I don't remember all, but I was like, oh, it's perfect. You know, I'm going to be talking to some moms today that yeah. might have some experience on this. And I couldn't get to my phone to take a picture of it. Can't find it on the website anywhere. And so it all just backfired. So anyway, oh. uh, but I was a sign of a good podcast. That was a sign yes. this morning we are going to have a good podcast. But I mean, what do you guys see when you're talking um, with friends or your own experiences um, with postpartum? Uh, do you think, one, that it's being more accepted and acknowledged? Um, and two, I mean, what's that? I don't know if you guys have experienced it or not, um, or know of, you know, firsthand knowledge, but what's that? Can we describe that, I guess, for people listening out there? Like what postpartum depression is? Yeah. And for like, for like, you know, some of us, um, slower males sure. who just may <laughs> well, not get it, you know, I'll let you take this one. I know you're very passionate about talking about postpartum. <laughs> um, I mean, it's really a, a very lonely, confusing time when you're going through postpartum depression because you have it always was confusing for me because you have this whole pregnancy and this nine months of like anticipation and excitement and build up to have bringing home a new baby and then all of a sudden you're not pregnant anymore like you know you within 12 hours the baby's out and now you're supposed to just be a parent and you're supposed to like all that build up is gone and that so there's a lot of apprehension and you know you're supposed to be excited and maybe your spouse is looking at you like why are you crying like there was a time with my daughter i couldn't look at her for like three weeks I just burst into tears I, I really felt like I could not look at her and um, it was just like I don't know what to do next like you spend all this time thinking about pregnancy and everything and then you just now you have a baby it's really it's a really hard transition to go from mm -hmm. from one to the other and so you get a lot of guilt and wondering like well I'm, why am I not happy that I just had this healthy beautiful baby and why do I feel so alone and why don't I want to leave this room why am I like you know with my first I just kept him but we would just lay in bed all day, stayed in the bed. I was scared to leave our room, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff. So it was just one, it's just, uh, it's really, it's confusing and it's hard because people don't understand like why, especially I feel like they don't understand, gosh, I don't even know how to say it. Like how, how like lonely it can feel and how they can help because the people want to make it better. So they just want you to feel better. So mm -hmm. they just want to help you do something. And it's just like, most of the time, I just want to be like left alone, alone. to feel it and process it. And um, so I think it's a really, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was hard when like Lance would go back to work or before that it was, because I know some people mm -hmm. like say when it was time for their spouse to go back to work, because a lot of times 
and this is another issue, we don't get, a lot of people don't get a lot of maternity leave. Mm -hmm. Very few people get paternity leave. So you have this new mom, if they don't have support around them, you know, like a friend nearby or a relative and they are alone with a baby, it can be extremely isolating, Mm -hmm. which I think is what I felt the most. It was not having somebody close by, you know, as soon as my husband was off to work a week Mm -hmm. later, that's it. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I actually always preferred when my husband went back to work (laughs) only because (laughs) I could just sulk, Uh honestly. Uh Like, I just felt like when he was around, I really was trying to hold it together and not cry and not do all these things. And when he wasn't there, I was like, I could just like let Let out all the emotions that I felt. And I don't know. I'm not saying that's like a healthy thing or anything like that. I'm just saying that. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. We all yeah. deal with it differently. We, we yeah. all deal with it differently. <laughs> nice reframe there, yes. yes. Yeah. It really wasn't until, I mean, I want to say probably, he knew I had trouble with depression, obviously, and ongoing and stuff. And um, I started antidepressants right when my kids were born each time because mm-hmm. I just was terrified of postpartum depression anyways. And it got worse with each pregnancy. In fact, I feel like I'm still struggling. I know that my daughter's almost three, so I'm not technically postpartum anymore, but I just feel like I'm starting to come out of that fog a little bit. And the more children that I had, I think my husband realized that I wasn't as available emotionally, the more kids you have, you know? Mm -hmm. And so once he was sort of like, I didn't really see it as a problem. I didn't know that it was happening. Mm -hmm. I was sad and I was scared and alone and all these things, but I didn't know that it was something that maybe I shouldn't, I didn't know. So until he was like, you know, you don't have a lot of patience. You're irritable in situations that maybe aren't really appropriate. And, you know, you seem to just be a little tearful or, you know, until he brought up, it's like, are, are you saying there's a problem? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. you know? yeah that's a Is delicate a conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. That pretty good, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with you? Right. Yeah. It can, they can turn. Yeah. They can, yeah. Yeah, it can. So, I mean, there are a lot of how would you suggest, okay, for our male listeners out there or for just partners, right? How would you suggest somebody bringing that concern? And I know everybody's different, but how, for someone that's dealing with that, right, how would you, how would you want that presented? I would want it presented as a concern over, for the family. If, if you're sort of pointing fingers and saying you have a problem, yeah, you know, you need to get help. You know, you're taking this person who already feels like they're not doing enough, they're not doing well, and making them feel like they are as bad as they feel. So I think, to, you know, just the family dynamic, uh-huh. bringing it up as a, as a we're in this together, mm-hmm. um, makes a really big difference. You're just the words, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Like, you know, the, what does it feel like to be home with the baby? Like, you know, just putting that wall down, you know having someone just straight up ask you how are you dealing with it mm-hmm. and listening sometimes mm-hmm. we don't always want advice we just want to vent mm-hmm. <laughs> i've heard that before <laughs> <laughs> you can't that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i've heard that before just um. saying things out loud sometimes is therapeutic itself you know right but without wanting solutions right there you know sometimes just getting the words out is the hardest part and I think you can agree with that you know when you finally let that wall down and just let it all out and that that itself feels great you know Mm -hmm. and then knowing okay someone else feels like this too or there's people you can talk to as a uh, you know as as a clinician and as a male it's very 
this the, the topic of postpartum depression and, and perinatal even you know going into that I mean it's very intriguing because it's hard to, to fully understand it you know and so I was talking to um, some folks over at WashU at their um, uh, perinatal behavioral health service over there and uh, you know she mentioned you know she goes I go do males ever come in for counseling and she goes yeah they can technically get that and I'm like I would never admit that you know because I'm like I wouldn't go in saying Hey, uh, honey, I've got some postpartum depression. I want to go get some help. You know, I'd be afraid to say that to my wife. Um, and she knows why, too. Um, <laughs> but uh, just kidding, just kidding. She's probably listening. Um, but I think, you know, I think with the resources that are out there, and like you said, maternity leave isn't long. Paternity leave sometimes doesn't exist. Um, and that support mechanism. And, you know, as a male, I think we have to understand that what you guys went through is one remarkable but when you described you know like you're carrying this um person around for you for that many months and then all of a sudden it's no longer there you know and how we can relate to that and in a very very <laughs> joking and subtle way it's like you know for a kid that's looking at that present at christmas time for the month it's underneath the tree and it's so excited so excited every single day you look you know this is how i'm trying to relate it it's like then all of a sudden it's opened it's gone you know we know what christmas evenings like all the anticipation's gone and for you to be able to kind of articulate that um, really kind of helped me understand okay I can I can see that you mm -hmm. know in that sense and the focus changes too about the mother I mean you know we're when you have a when you're pregnant you know people real, you know they're concerned like you're feeling okay yeah. you're getting enough rest eating well <laughs> and then the baby's here and then the focus is on them and sometimes we neglect yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we still need that support. Mm -hmm. The the rest. And that's I think has a lot to I do think with so it too. too. Especially mm -hmm. nursing moms. Mm -hmm. Um you you have a colicky baby. I mean, lack of sleep can make huge changes in the way you act that you don't even know what's going on, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah, and a lot of times with mental health, when we're, you know, seeing a client for the first time, right, we're looking at a couple different things right off the bat, sleep, yeah. nutrition, and exercise, because those three things together can make a world of impact mm -hmm. just on your normal mental health, and for a mom, right, there's probably not going to be a lot of exercise right afterwards, right. nutrition could be iffy, what you're going to eat or not eat, or what you you know, want to eat and then sleep or have time to eat even. Right. And then sleep. Yeah. Forget yeah, about that. Time. Right. Yeah. So yeah. all that together, I think is a recipe for if you already have the baby blues can lead right into postpartum. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, a pers it's a perfect recipe for something just to, to just to feel not right. And it can go on the spectrum of having baby blues, which I think is more where I fell. Mm -hmm. So with postpartum, like Sarah sharing her story is very different from what I felt. And as a mom, it's heartbreaking to hear your friend talk like that and that it's been going on this long, you know? So, mm -hmm. and she's not the only one. And we do get more stories are coming out that people are sharing the postpartum and now there I think we just read an article about how doctors are starting to screen more yeah. for that yeah which is amazing and yeah. our, our pediatrician did that too although I, I like she would ask me questions of, and I had to rate myself and then but I was like first of all like, I feel like you know what to say so that you don't again it goes back to the stigma you don't want anyone to think that you're not 
doing well that you're suffering. So you're just like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. So one, you have to be honest on the screening tools because they don't do any good if the patients aren't mm-hmm. <laughs> being honest. Um, but then it's like, well, then what are you going to do with that information? Mm-hmm. You know, so then if I answered all this, were they going to refer me to someone? Were they going to, like, what were they going to do? They just acknowledge, yes, that, that yep. sucks. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know? got that. Like, yeah. you have a problem. What mm-hmm. do you do? Or worst um, case, if you already are an anxious, you know, person and you're like, are they going to take my baby away? And that's the worst part, I yeah. think, of it is that the fear of what's going to happen if you go get help. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are ready to point their fingers and condemn moms. And not just moms, but just people in general. People who are suffering, people who have mental health problems yeah. just want to be like, you know, they're more likely to be aggressive or violent or, you know, it's like all these unfair things are attached mm-hmm. with having. Because that's what gets publicity sometimes I is, guess. you know, the person who shoots up this place or, you know, kidnaps their kid. And it's like, and then the mental illness is tagged onto that. And then all yeah. of a sudden we associate criminal behavior or something exactly. with mental illness. And then everyone who has mental illness is you know, you're one step away, yeah. you know, and it's just not the case, yeah, like right. you guys are saying. Yeah. Do you think there's, going back to when you talk about the baby blues, I guess, first of all, mm-hmm. and then we talk about postpartum, there's this continuum then that's built, right? And then with that, you know, I think that's where it's important to realize, okay, at what point do we go and get help as well, too? And maybe as a screening tool, um, and maybe it's, um, just listening to somebody as well too, when you know, are you sharing and then kind of listening to some feedback, whether it be a doctor or, you know, a, a loved one. But I think that's where that communication piece is, is so enlightening for all of us because people who are, you know, if we can articulate how we're feeling, then others can hopefully then share some intervention possibilities. And really even just recognizing, like, when you hear people talk about it, you're like, wait a second. Like, so, because you don't always realize, like I was saying earlier, like, that it's, a, that it's a problem, that something is off. You just feel like you're in this black hole and you're never going to get out. And that's just the way that it is, mm-hmm. you know? And so if, if, if people aren't pointing it out to me, like, I don't know when people ask me, like, well, what made you get help? What made you do It's just like, I, I really don't know. I can't pinpoint it to a moment where mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now I know I really have a problem. You know, I mean, I guess I there's mm-hmm. those, those breakdown moments. You do hear about it, like, mm-hmm. where they find themselves on the floor of the bathroom, I mean, like, just hysterical, you know? Yes. You do hear about those yes. moments. and I've had but, a few of those. Right. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's someone else pointing it out to mm-hmm. you that, mm-hmm. you know, that, like, you just don't seem like yourself lately or yes. so, is something going on, you know, because we get so in our own heads, it's hard for us to be able to say that not only do we have a problem, but we need help. Mm-hmm. It's not just who we are now. I think my turning point, and and not with postpartum, but just with depression and anxiety in general, is the irritability and then the sleeping. Like, you know, those were two things I could point out that I was like, I'm not normally like this, Mm -hmm. or I always want to do this, which was the sleeping. So when you kind of find those characteristics that you're like, I really wasn't like that before, that was when my turning point, like, okay, I think I need to look into this because it's not healthy to be, you know, irritable, upset. All the time once I recognized that so that was hard for me too because I had so many kids so close together I think yeah. I was either pregnant or in a postpartum period oh my goodness that yeah but it was almost like maybe this is just how I like maybe this is my new personality uh-huh. this is how I am as a mom you know I'm just someone who has no patience and why I thought I could have kids I have no idea all that kind of stuff you know so yes. it's hard also sometimes to recognize that that is a change because you have so many changes going on so it's like, mm-hmm. well, is it a normal change that happens? Or mm-hmm. is that something that's concerning? 
So if we're talking about it, then people can be more aware of what a normal progression should look like versus what yes. depression. Yes, and the patterns like. that go with mm -hmm. it. Do you think there's any, okay, this, this could sound weird, right? Because grieving, a lot of times we talk about death, and but at the same time, it's about missing and something that's not there. So going through maybe some grieving process after um, the birth of a child? Every time I did. It was so hard for me. I really... I was like, I didn't record it enough. I didn't take enough pictures. How is this moment already over? Like over analyzing my birth mm -hmm. process, every, everything. Yeah, well, yeah I we still do that. Like, I still will look back and get upset with myself for you didn't take enough pictures. Well, you were the one having the child. We're yeah. <laughs> in the room, you know. Yeah. Selfie but, stick, selfie stick. Come yeah. on now, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do we do that? I don't know. We are hard on ourselves. But no, definitely feeling like you're, you have this, like, and it even, I think it's hard, maybe that's why I have five kids, because uh -huh. you know, you're just like, miss being pregnant, uh -huh. you know, and you're just like this whole, I don't know, it's, uh, when, once the baby's out, then you're just kind of like, now what? Mm. <laughs> you uh -huh. know? Yeah. So there is, I did, I felt very sad after all my deliveries, mm -hmm. which was, again, was hard and confusing, because you have a beautiful, healthy baby, yeah. and you're thinking, I should just be happy, I should, you know, I have everything I need, and but in the inside, you're just thinking like, I really kind of wish it was yesterday, and I'm still pregnant, uh -huh. you know, and uh -huh. then I could feel maybe kick, or, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard. Wow. It's really hard. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, as we're talking, I'm just listening to the theme of communication. You know, I've said it a couple times, but communication um, uh, is such a vital component with the support system if you're going through if you're going through these um, sad times or whatever, and in communication, the sense that people need to be checking in on you guys as well too. You guys, you know, yeah. women who are uh, uh, who just gave birth. I mean, there needs to be that level of it. And we talk about, um, you know, there's screening tools now that doctors are recommending um, uh, pre and post birth um, for for moms. But at the same time, I mean, is there other things that you guys um, would think of that? during the process and then going into motherhood, right? That you would want any other interventions that you would see um, from just the time of, from your experiences? Do they, and I'm asking because I can't remember, do we typically get a call from like a nurse afterwards? That I is something did. You did, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. They do call check on you like two days after you get discharged or something like that. And then there's lactation consultants who are available to help you if you're nursing. Mm -hmm. And that sort of thing. I think that we probably don't do a great job at preparing moms for the changes that are about to take place. That was something <laughs> we actually talked about at work yesterday was yeah. these the things that happen after birth or during that you just were not prepared for. No, like so, and this you've never loved anything more instant attachment. Basically when my kids came out, I was like <laughs> <laughs> A person like <laughs> what just happened who is this person like I'm supposed to know you you know uh -huh. and so there's this romantic idea associated with giving birth and stuff that I think is not real uh-huh you know a lot sometimes of sometimes we that I think that's the expectation too yeah also you know um and it is it's a it's hard to talk about because I haven't been on that level of postpartum you know um so like after I had my babies I think I was very fortunate to have that connection you know, with them. And I think just for me to deal with was that after like, like when I said, like my husband was gone, that isolating effect, 
And so sometimes I think I think more about like single moms come to mind. I really do. People who don't have that support, I think my heart goes out to them yeah. a lot because um, I just can't imagine not having someone you know there to kind of relieve, to kind of vent to when they come home. You know, like when my husband walked in the door, I'd be like, "Here's the baby. Let me go do what I need to do. You know, take care of myself." Um, yeah, I think that's so. I think that's such a good point because. You know, we know mental health touches everybody, right? Um, So then we talk about if you do have the support system, but what about the single moms? Um, Families are in poverty. Um, All those resources that are out there. And then coming back to what you guys originally talked about is the Love Will Foundation and its ability to try to raise funds to help people that to just pay for counseling, um, let alone psychiatry, right? Because we know psychiatry is even more expensive uh, than counseling. But I think that's one of the, the issues as well, too, because postpartum is going to touch. It doesn't matter what economic level you're in. Um, it's going to, and just mental health, as we said, is going to do that. And, um, you know, and that's where, you know, I think legislation um, over the past years, you know, was talking about extending benefits uh, for uh, moms on Medicaid to be able to have um, for mental health. Because they realize, you know, two weeks post-birth just isn't going to cut it, or one month. You know, there needs to be another level of, of, of services for people. Um, and to acknowledge that that affects women, it affects, um, of course, moms. Um, but it's just another level of society where the inequalities with gender as well sometimes, too, just comes into play. So we are here, of course, um, Mental Health Matters, talking to the Love Will Foundation, Sarah Springer and Amanda Bollenbach. Um, so I know you guys have done um, some a trivia night. I, I snoop around in your hey, Facebook, yes, right? Yes. Do you guys have other things coming up um, that's kind of an exciting world? So we are working on, uh, we already have, it's, we call it Shop Love Will. So we have a jewelry line by May May Jewelry. Um, which we love. They have great messages with each piece you buy. Like, for example, I'm wearing this necklace that says, everything happens for a reason. Um, Amen. Yes. Milestone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's wearing a milestone ring. Yeah. So we just thought it would be great to partner with another, um, it's, they're based out of Atwater Village in California, but it's one very uh, passionate woman who decided to make jewelry with a great message. So we have partnered with them to sell pieces to fund um, our mission, which is to give back to the free counseling. So we're building up our shop right now. Um, The website's still under construction. We have someone helping us with that. (laughs) Right now, it's just really Sarah and I doing the bulk Uh of everything. Wow. Wow. Getting some helping hands, which is great. You overachievers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we did love the trivia night was great, though. So we would love to do another trivia night probably in the fall. Yeah. 2019. And then... uh, we started um, with East Special Needs, a support group for siblings and families of children with special needs. So that's awesome. kind of once a month thing. And it's actually, um, the founder is actually um, a friend of mine, her name's Lindsay. And so uh, she's really taken the lead on all of that, but um, just kind of so like, cause mental health isn't just like anxiety and depression, you know, it's yeah. like this whole spectrum of, mm-hmm. of things like people need support in all kinds of situations and mental health matters every oh matter look at that matters. mental health matters oh yeah. man that may be our new commercial yeah yeah you fell right into That's it right. so yeah, yeah the, the east special needs um it's parents and siblings group is what we what we do once a month 
and they get together and these are you know this is a very different um, audience that Sarah and I are we do not have children with special needs but being in the room with those parents is very Mm eye-opening and they have a different level of support that they need to so we're there with them to um, give support and hopefully put some more support groups together I know we want to work on a postpartum group Mm -hmm. for new moms just to get them out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. That alone, right? And we yeah. didn't even touch on that type of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Getting yeah. out of the house, um, self-care. Yes. Meeting a friend for coffee. And that would be a great goal to get a postpartum mm-hmm. um, group together. So these, we have many ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> many ideas. Just try to narrow yes. it but down. But the Shop Love Well yeah. is yeah. something that is building up. And we do have an inventory. It's just working on the website right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And then the trivia night in the future. Awesome. Well, you guys are making impact. I mean, that's the bottom line. And, you know, you're taking the time to to tackle this huge issue, um, which is getting better and better, right? Um, We know more celebrities are coming out and talking about mental health. And, of course, we always put celebrities up on the pedestal, no matter if they need to be there or not. But, you know, when somebody speaks and they're acknowledging they've had mental health or, you know, let's not judge or this has happened to me, then we know that media gets a hold of it and it's out there and so the more and more conversations like that the better the more people like you guys that are out there that have experienced different levels of mental health and emotional health and you talk about that support group you know for special needs it's you know i think that's some of the stuff people forget too is the caregivers and you know we all you know we all have mental health right um our own baselines of it but then some of us have a mental illness you know and that um, impacts our overall mental health and then that emotional health and just the the daily stressors of just our world just working living having a family not having a family whatever it is that's just it's all impacts us so um, that's cool. You guys are looking at that as well, too, and oh, partnering. And I really think, too, because uh, I have a lot of people tell me that what we're doing is geared towards women, mm-hmm. which is always frustrating, I think, because um, men need help with mental health, too. And there is such a stigma for men yes. to be able to come forward and say anything, like, because then they're considered weak or, mm-hmm. you know, it's a women's disease or, you know, those yeah. kinds of things. So I think kind of my unofficial mission too yeah. is to be like this is for everyone you yes. know like we are not just talking about women because he had brought up the postpartum for men yeah and that is a thing like mm-hmm. i mean i i know it is we there was actually a pretty popular show um on tlc where one of the dads came out and actually had to get treated for postpartum mm-hmm. i mean so yeah we definitely feel um like it does it impacts everybody it impacts the type of friend you are, parent you are, employee you are, your mental health is just so important. Um, integral. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It affects all parts of society. It That's the does. thing, you know, the it economy. Does. So, you know, you hear politicians debating back for, let's pull mental health out of there and, you know, we don't need to fund that. But it's like, well, there's a lot of mental health that comes into play in um, the unemployment rate. Um, there's reasons yeah, why sometimes people can't maintain jobs. The criminal justice system and reform. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, man, you know, let's look at it from a different angle. Fundamental health and maybe take away some of the other stuff. Yeah, fund it and make it um, something we talk about early. I know that's another kind of thing that my heart goes to is, is kids. You know, this is something I was unaware of you know, depression, anxiety, until I was literally sitting in like a psychology course in, in school. And all of a sudden I'm 
you know, having to give a presentation on panic attacks and I'm thinking I'm going to have a panic attack uh-huh. right there. <laughs> but all of a sudden it's like clicking, like, you know, those words, we didn't talk about those things mm-hmm. you know, growing up. Um, and if our parents were dealing with something, we didn't bother them with what was going on with us. So that, I think that's where I had that wall until I got older. And I said, I don't want my kids to feel like that. Yep. You know, cause I think, wow, what things could I have, what more could I have done if I had been talked to about uh, mental health as a kid, you know? Well, and even just not knowing what the options are, because I really, the first time I heard of counseling, so I really felt like I struggled with anxiety and depression really since I was 10, but it mm-hmm. hit me really hard in my teens. And I just, I didn't care about anyone going to counseling until I was 17. I had a friend who was going to counseling, and I was like, so I, you know, I asked your parents, like, they didn't think you need counseling, uh-huh. you know, so. Can I go to counseling? I, I, yeah. I might need a counselor. No, you know, you're fine. You know, so mm-hmm. teenage angst and all that stuff. But, yeah. um, but, no, but I think just knowing that they're, what your resources are at, yes. at any age, you know, because you hear all these kids doing things in high school. Did they know that there were options mm-hmm. for them to seek help? Mm-hmm. Or you know? they don't like to feel the way they do. You know, this is a conversation mm-hmm. I have with my daughter, you know. How do you feel when this happens? And she doesn't like it. Okay, well, we'll we're going to look into this for you. You know, if you don't like the way this feeling is when it takes over you, and because uh, you know we deal with aggression and behavioral issues, um, we're going to look into it because I don't want that to carry into her teens and into her adult life. You know, like mm-hmm. let's just talk about it now, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. So I I do wish, and I and we see this everywhere that you know they should teach classes more on mental health younger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're so like, you know, St. Louis Counseling, we're in, we have office locations and then we have therapists, we place therapists inside of schools, you know? And so our next step is we would love just to get one school district or one individual school to spend a, a full quarter or a whole semester teaching mental health because you, and at an early age too, and then maybe even as you get older, you know, have this curriculum because, you know, like health class, you might get a chapter on mental health mm-hmm. or something like that it's been a while since I've been in school yeah. but um <laughs> but so you think about it on a couple of levels right so we know we have a bullying problem in school you know um we know we there's a lot of fear about school violence and school shootings um because we've experienced that as a society so what would happen if we taught kids one it's about acceptance of each other and sometimes kids just think another kid is weird and they act like that because they want to, you know, but the reality is if that kid understands, if they all understand what mental health is, like that kid's acting like that because he has trauma in his life. That kid is acting like so mm-hmm. quiet and shy, not stuck up, but because they're depressed and their anxiety, they have low self-esteem, all of those things. And then here is like possible warning signs. When you see somebody acting like this, you know, those are signs. Now, of course, we're going to have a lot of people going, that I kid know, over there, that kid I over know. there. And that's the fear, right? That's the fear. But it's Where's like, yeah. There's always something underlining, I think, is the, just the most important thing to realize. If something seems a little off, like, you know, this child is acting out or the, the behavior, aggression or whatever is going on, dig deeper. There's yeah. always something deeper, yeah. you know, and just to... For them to know, because I think, you know, like as adults, we're, you know, we know we're stressed out. The kids are stressed out too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, sometimes I can't even imagine sometimes like how their their days are and they don't always tell us everything, you Mm -hmm. know? (laughs) So, like just to have the discussion at school, um, you know, like we love seeing the videos of people post, the teachers giving the high fives and the hugs and the, 
you know, talk about their feelings. Like, can we just do that more, please? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just more of that. Makes it easier, yeah. yeah. people are so quick to judge yes. and label, yes. you know? Yeah. So it's like, that's where we kind of came up with, like, stop hate, kindness matters. It's like, mm-hmm. stop just this quick, I'm angry, and then, then I don't agree with you, so now we have to have a war, you Put know? Some Put some understanding, some understanding in there. Exactly, right. exactly. It changes your whole world perspective when you, when you understand that. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. the reason people may act the way they do and what is going on with them, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's something. Well, I remember being at a class reunion. I can't remember which one now, but it was a few years back, you know, and I was talking to someone and she was like, you know, yeah, you never really talked much in high school to me. And I was like, I thought you were just thought you were great and you were um, all this and you you just reject me. You know, I was afraid of rejection. And, you know, and she was just like, I wasn't stuck up. She goes, I was just like, I was just insecure and she goes now when I'm older I know what I was and I'm like so me as a kid like I just my I judged like that's the way you look and you must be that way and I'm just gonna move on and not even you know I don't want to talk to you but the reality is that person's just insecure you know we could have been friends um you could have been my my wife you know no (laughs) I'm kidding I'm kidding um I doubt she's listening anyway yeah going on and sometimes that does drive my husband crazy because I'll be like well what if this person was just going through this or <laughs> yeah. like I guess you call it the glass you know half full mm-hmm. but I mean it, it does change things you know yeah. mm-hmm. realize that you're not the only one that's got issues going on and baggage and perspective yeah yeah absolutely such a complicated issue though man and you know just thinking now that you have like parents who want to back up their kids and they don't want to think about the other kids so it starts at home too then it's like how do you reach the parents uh-huh. you know to make they have yes. to be understanding and kind and that sort of thing and to teach that to their kids too so it's like such a complicated issue yep. like, it is gosh. now you're starting to overwhelm me but yeah. i'm an optimist so <laughs> we're good right. okay, we're good the glass half. we're, we're the good. overthinkers yeah, yeah good that was, that was one shirt we had was hold on while i overthink this yeah. yes <laughs> It's just, it's full circle. That's yeah. really what it is. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we have been blessed to have you guys on today. You guys have been great. Thank and uh, I'm thinking we're going to have you on again. I don't know when, Woo-hoo. but I'm going to bring you back. <laughs> yeah. To be continued, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's good. To be continued. But uh, we uh, are finishing up another episode of Mental Health Matters with Sarah Springer and Amanda Bolenbach from the Love Will Foundation. And uh, please continue, uh, look them up, uh, go to Facebook. You can find their um, Facebook site um, just by typing in Love Will Foundation. And um, you can see some upcoming events there as well as those parenting classes. And um, yeah, we're just thankful to have you guys on. So So this has been another episode of Mental Health Matters, and we will see you next time. This has been Mental Health Matters with Tom Duff of St. Louis Counseling Services. Check out stlouiscounseling.org for more information.